Welcome to the Bring Your Dreams Alive podcast. Are you ready to bring your dreams alive for real? Check out my Bring Your Dreams Alive audio activations as my gift at meetcoreymichelle.com forward slash gift. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome to Corey Michelle's Crazy Possible Podcast with my guest today, who is all about what it's creating life after narcissism, Denise Kavalaskis. And the reason I wanted to have Denise on is that I've gotten to know her really well over the last few years. And hearing her story of abuse and being in a toxic marriage and how bad it got and how like in a cage you get when you're in these sorts of relationships that her being able to come out of it, her story of leaving and stepping into really empowering herself, her kids, but also other women is just crazy possible in my world because I know that there's a lot of people in situations that are super toxic and super abusive and and it's very hard to leave and untangle, but also shift your mindset afterwards, shift your consciousness, and then shift your relationships so that you don't actually choose that again. And that's what Denise focuses on now. So welcome to the Crazy Possible Podcast, Denise. Yay! I'm so excited to be here with you, Corey. (laughs) It's such a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. I tell you what, like listening to the depth of your story has just been such an eye opener to really going, okay, the best of people can get swept away in these toxic to abusive relationships. So why don't we just start with your story? Ooh, okay. (laughs) Well, I was born and raised in South Florida in a middle-class family environment didn't realize that what I was raised in and with was emotional abuse, that there was abuse there because there was rarely physical abuse. And so because I was raised in that environment and had all of these unhealed wounds that I carried with me going into adulthood, young adult, I attracted somebody similar to what I grew up with. So I wouldn't say he was just like my mom or he was just like my dad. It was actually a mixture of both and which was familiar. And this is how we get caught up in these types of relationships, right? It feels familiar unconsciously. So I married young, um, had both of my kids before I was 24 and I was so in love and just wanted a family and wanted just the whole white picket fence, one cat, one dog, the whole thing. And didn't realize like what was happening was actually abuse until way, way down the road. So fast forward to 2008, when I had gone through the biggest trauma that I had ever experienced, which was when my then husband had attempted suicide with our 14 year old daughter in the next room. And that At that point, I'd never experienced something that crazy and that traumatic in my life. And that was the day I told him I wanted a divorce. Like I was so fed up with the drug abuse and the everything, just everything involved. And that was his solution. And then the crazy part is, is that I did not leave until two and a half years after that. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was so much guilt 
that ties into these relationships that not only was I feeling myself that I was feeling, but also receiving the the subliminal messages of guilt. You know, if you leave me now, and then of course I have two children and can't break up the family, don't do it. So it would be devastating. And then of course, when you tie in attempted suicide, thinking, oh God, it'll be my fault if he actually does do it, go through with it. So two and a half years later, I left. That was the first time I left. (laughs) The story goes on. (laughs) And I packed up, moved here to North Carolina from South Florida with nothing but a futon couch and an air mattress. I did manifest $10,000 to move, but I left everything behind and came here to North Carolina started to, you know, get on track. I had a job at an apartment. I was manifesting like crazy. And then, okay. So the hoovering. So yeah. So if anybody knows about narcissism, this is one of their behaviors where they hoover back around. It's after the breakup, they come back around. And the way I describe hoovering is they paint this beautiful picture of if we get back together, this is what's going to happen. So in my story, my situation is if you move back to Florida, if we get back together, then this is going to happen and this is going to happen. It's going to be great. We're, ne- we're going to get over all the things and da 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 <laughs> And so because I was financially on my own for the first time in over 20 years, even though I was fine, I was still scared. And the biggest thing for me was I did not want to break my family up. I didn't want to do that. And there's the guilt again, right? So I buckled and went, packed everything up here in North Carolina, went back to Florida. And I promise you, it was five minutes I was there before I was like, what did I do? (laughs) Like, what, Denise, what did you do? Like, you just moved everything. So that led to, I was there for eight months in Florida. And in that eight months, it was doing it all over again, right? Getting all everything ready, coming back here. Luckily, with the apartment that I left, I found a loophole. So I left on good terms. I left my job on good terms. So basically what I did was I came back here and just started back up again. (laughs) (laughs) Smart. Yeah. (laughs) So that was 2012. And I never looked back after that from 2012. So actually this year marks 10 years that I've been abuse-free. I've been free from my ex. We've been no contact for 10 years. Like it's been an amazing 10 years. Yeah. But that was my journey of leaving and coming here and then starting to build my life back up. Mm. So I have so many questions that I think are just popping in my world right now. I want to start with what it really took to leave and what were your awarenesses going through all of that? And then I want to talk about what life is like after narcissism and then what you, what you teach people now and empower specifically women with. So when you were sort of staying after you knew you wanted to leave and then staying more, what was that? Like now you know what you know, right? Every time we look, hindsight's twenty twenty. when we're in the middle of it, sometimes we can't see the forest through the trees and we're like, we make these choices that we think are right in the moment, but we look back and go, that was such a weird choice. Why did I do that? Totally. So what was that for you that had you, had you keep going back? Comfort, one. 
family. Like my biggest thing was I didn't want to break up our family because I felt like I was the one breaking up our family, even though I wasn't the one who was cheating. I wasn't the one who was doing drugs, but I felt like I was the one who would be the one, you know, guilt. Guilt is the biggest thing. I felt guilt that I would be, you did this. Yeah, that was the biggest thing. And looking back now, (laughs) there's so many things. But when he was in the hospital with tubes like coming out of him and he was tied to the bed and like it was, it got crazy, really, really crazy. I remember looking in the room and I could just see him in the corner of my eye because I didn't go in the room. And I remember thinking, I mean, this is crazy town. Like, this is nuts. This is nuts. I got to get, I got to, here's the thing. I already had a plan to leave. He found out, which led to, yeah, which led to another attempt. This was another one. There was two. (laughs) This was two. So at that point, I remember looking and going, I can't do this anymore. This is just too insane. So I already had the plan in place. So that's when I told, I remember telling the doctor, psychologist or whatever it was, whoever he was. And I said, just give me 24 hours, right? Just keep him, (laughs) whatever you got to do. I got to go. And that's what I did. Buy me some time. They kept him for a week. Clearly they knew, like they deal with this stuff all the time. They knew what the situation was, but that was like, the biggest thing that I was like, this is so crazy right now. What is my life turning into? It's a freaking circus. And that's when all the guilt and all of it like just dissipated. And I just was like, I got to go. We can't do this anymore. It's too crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those awakening moments of going, wow, this is what my life has come to. And when was it, or what was it like, more like, what was it like when you started realizing that you had to leave. And that was more important than this guilt that you were feeling at the same time. Because at some point it's got a tip, right? Right. At some point you got to go and you're saying it right there, but like, I'm wondering if there was just some awareness of going, okay, yes, this is all crazy. And it's not worth keeping the family together, that whole ideal. Yeah. Right. I'm just curious about what might've been also going through your head with that. I think looking back, I realized here we were, here he was in the hospital on an attempted suicide, psych ward for five days, surgery, all this crazy stuff that happened. And I think like now that you're asking, I feel like it got to the the tip of the mountain, so to speak, where I was like, I can't go back that way. I got to go this way. I got to jump this way. It's just Mm -hmm. too much because I know that if I go back, it's just going to be more of the same craziness or more craziness than if I just take a leap of faith and do this and see what happens on the other side. That's why I like my, that quote that I always share. I didn't know what the future held, but I knew this, it was better than the past. Like I had that faith inside of me that my future is going to be great. I just got to go for it. Just got to do it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. That's such a great analogy too of being at the top of the mountain going going backwards is not an option anymore because we already know what it's like if we go do that again. Yeah. It's the pattern, it's repeating and I think that for my own stuff that I've been through in toxic relationships, you see the patterns 
And once you see that no matter what you do, you're not going to be able to change their pattern. Mm -hmm. You're only going to play a role in that pattern and you get to choose, do you want to go another cycle in that or not? Yeah. And we all have our awakening moments, whatever we do, just like you said, just like, I can't go back that way. I have to go a different direction. So yeah, it just lights my heart up to like hear that and go, okay, man, there's so many of us that have had these sorts of patterns going on and thinking that it's our fault. Right. Right. Thinking that it mostly because we're told that we're the crazy ones or you're told that you're going to be the one that breaks up the family. You're going to affect the kids. You're going to do all this stuff when really it's just gaslighting and it's actually them provoking all of it so that you feel crazy and you feel guilty and you're in this energetic soup of being projected at you. Right. Exactly. All of that. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. So let's talk now about you left the second time. You're done for good. You're going no contact. What was that like building your life and building like the new you? Because that's really what you had to do is you had to build out, become this version of you that healed yourself along the way. Right. So what was that like? Well, it started with, I remember when we first got here, my daughter at the time, she was 17 or 18. And I remember saying to her, like, I'll be engaged within a year. And she was like, mom. And I wasn't even divorced yet by that time. We had just gotten here. It was very shortly after. And she was like, mom, what are you thinking? So I did what we all do after a breakup, right? We don't look at like, oh, maybe I should heal from that. No, we're like, oh, moving on to the next. Let's get on the dating sites. And, you know, I had been married for over 20 years. So none of what was happening in 2012 was happening in 1989. Dating apps and this and that was so different. (laughs) So I did what I was listening to, you know, my dating coaches were my friends, which everyone who's listening, don't do that. (laughs) It's so bad. So I went out there, I started dating, and I noticed at the time I was attracting the same type. I didn't know what that exact type was because at this time, Corey, I didn't know that I was in a narcissistic abusive relationship. Had no clue. Didn't even have a clue that my ex was narcissistic. I just thought he was effed up. I just thought he was he had issues. So I started dating and I started seeing similar characteristics of these people I was dating in my ex. And I was like, so then I got to the point where I was in the dating. I was like, all right, I'm just going to have fun. I'm not going to get serious. I don't want to have a relationship. I'm just going to have fun. And that led to date after date after date, meeting all these different people and going, oh, oh, now I'm seeing something here. They all know me right? They all have similarities to my ex and they don't know each other, but they know me. So I must be the common denominator here. (laughs) (laughs) It must be me. So what were those? It must be, I know, right? I've had those awarenesses for myself as well, especially with dating. It's like the common denominator is me. What were those things that you started to see like in the patterns, either the ways you were being or the ways they were showing up? Lying was the big one. I'd catch them. Like Mm. that was a big trigger for me. Anybody who lied, even if it was a little lie, because my ex was a a pathological liar, like narcissist lie. And so when I would find like 
intuitively if I'd feel like it was a lie, because I was just dating these people. I didn't like fully know them. Then I would be like, oh, they're lying. I'm not even. And then I remember one time I was in the car with somebody and his phone went off and he went to go answer it. And it was a girl. And then he put the phone down and she kept calling and calling and calling. And we weren't like in a relationship where I could say, who's that? Da, 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 da. But I knew like what she was pissed off, whoever she was. <laughs> I don't know. So the lying was a big thing that I was seeing. And I could see the manipulation as well, the lying and the manipulation, right? Because that's what lying is. It's trying to convince you of what they want you to believe. So manipulation. Yeah, that was the biggest thing that I was seeing. And then afterwards, then I could really see it, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Hindsight 2020. Hindsight is 2020. We get so empowered by looking at our patterns. And that's like one of my favorite things is to look at it and go, oh, that's, that's there. And okay, great. So, so then for you, how did you shift that? It's so funny how it happened because I really wasn't looking to shift it. What happened was, is <laughs> this was, okay, I'm just remembering now <laughs> so much. There was this one guy that I was dating and it got to a point where he was like needy, which I was like, eh, get away. And I went to Colorado on vacation and he wanted to talk and like take up my time. And I was visiting my friends and I was only there for four days in Colorado. So I was like, hey, and there's a two hour difference. I'm like, hey, you know, I don't mind texting, but I really don't want to spend a lot of time on the phone with you because, you know, I'll be home in a couple of days and I want to spend time with my friends. Well, he got like even more needy after that. So then it got to the point where I was like, all right, you know what, dude, like, goodbye. Like, I don't even want to <laughs> like have anything to do with you. So that led to, it's a crazy story. That led to me receiving an email from his sister that said he had attempted suicide. This was the big, yes, yes. This was wow. the big thing that was like, Denise, you can't deny this anymore. So long story short, I get this email, long email, and he and his sister, which wasn't a sister, it was him, saying that he was in the hospital because he overdosed on pills, which is exactly the same scenario. And I hadn't told anybody that at that time. That was so, still very traumatizing. I didn't share that with anybody. There's no way he knew. So, and that was when I was like, all right, okay, okay. I'm receiving the message, God. I hear you loud and clear. I got to stop. I got to stop dating and I got to go within me and I got to figure this out. And that was around the time that I was, I got into a one-year business coach and starting to learn how to create an online audience and stuff like that. So then I started to search. I was looking for guests and stuff, which led to everything that you like on Facebook brings it back to you. So then it led to learning about coaches and, and empowerment and all this stuff. So I got with this coach in her three-month program and it was about empowering yourself. And she asked me a question and it was something around the lines of, well, what did you contribute to your relationship that had it fall apart? And I was like, ah, how dare you ask me that? I didn't cheat. I didn't do this, you know? And so that, but it was eye-opening because then I realized, yeah, 
you were part, you were 50% of that relationship. You contribute to it. Like you took part in it. And that's what led to all of that. And my awakening to like, I got to fix this. That's what people say, fix, but it's heal. Heal this in order for me to create different relationships around me. And so that's what led to that was doing, it was a three month program that I did like over and over and over again, because I felt like I needed more, I needed more, I needed more. And that was the start of my healing journey to heal and do all the forgiveness and all this stuff and, and not blame my ex-husband for all of the things that he did and take responsibility Mm -hmm. for all of the parts that I was there for Yeah, and learn, learn from it. That is the most empowering thing when you get to that part in your healing process, because you go through the denial, you go through the making excuses and justifying somebody's behavior. And there's a whole, it's kind of like grief. You go through this whole process and you get to the other end and you're like, okay, you get to the neutral space. At least that's what I found for my own stuff is you get to this neutral space where you're not blaming them anymore. You've taken responsibility for your part. You've seen your patterns, right? You've healed. You've seen where all that came from, and now you're creating a totally different reality. Yeah. Right? And so tell us about now, because you are married now in this fabulous relationship. So what's it been like having somebody that you actually have a really amazing relationship with? It's like A to Z. It's like total opposite. It's crazy good. It's something that I pinch myself that... I have this after everything. And I attribute, I credit all of my healing work that I've done to having this relationship that I have now. I fully believe that if I had not done what I did, the healing work on myself and faced all the crap that I had to face and did all the the writing and the crying and all the stuff that I would either be in the same cycle that I see a lot of women doing, or if I did get duped again and marry somebody, it wouldn't be what I have now. So now I have total freedom in my relationship. Like I can say, be, and do anything in my relationship. And we're just, we're in sync with each other. It's like, we understand each other. We communicate. There's no hiding. There's no, oh, it's just total opposite. I mean, I don't know how to explain it other than it's just the opposite of what I had before. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like there's trust, there's openness, there's acceptance of each other. There's sort of laughter, lots of laughter and fun. And you guys are always traveling together. And just like what's missing from what I've experienced, just when you sharing about your relationship is you're just not judging each other and not trying to manipulate each other. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. That doesn't mix in. That doesn't, that's like oil and water now. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't blend. It doesn't go together anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's like once you heal from it, you can see it so clearly like oil and water that it, it's just like, like even like I keep saying with my own stuff, because I've healed from a number of toxic relationships, but I go now it's like I can spot a narcissist a mile away Yes, and somebody who wants to have an agenda with me that's not aligned with my values. It's so easy to see. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And if they, if somebody does something, it's like, oh, that's weird. Not, oh, I'm going to buy into it hook, line and sinker. Exactly. That's what I tell women all the time. I tell them once you heal from this specific narcissistic abuse, exactly what you just said, Corey, I tell them you'll spot it a mile away. 
You won't get tricked into it like you did before because it's almost like we had blinders on because of the past abuse, like the familiar energies that we knew before. The blinders are off. Like you can see it so clearly. And when that energy comes towards you, because I tell people like, you're not going to get, they're everywhere. You're not going to get rid of them. You're going to meet them in Starbucks. You're going to meet, you know, they're everywhere. The difference is, is you're not going to get tied into them anymore. You're not going to get into whatever relationship, whether it's business, romantic, any type of relationship, you're going to see it hundred percent clearly for who they are. And the, here's the beautiful thing about it is you're not going to be triggered by it either. You're going to be like, oh, I see who you are. And that's fine. You can be who you are. I'm just not going to tangle myself with, I'm not going to like get involved with you at all. You can be you and I'm going to be me. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) You can stay over there. And I think that's like, you know, when we're aware of these dynamics and when we've healed from it, we, you're saying you don't get entangled. You just don't choose those people anymore. And I've had people say to me, like, how do I not have these sort of people show up in my life? And I was like, it's not about that at all. It's about who you choose to have in your life. So talking about that, so can you offer us either tips or awarenesses on maybe if somebody's in a position of they're having the awareness that they might be in a toxic or abusive relationship like this, like what are some of the things you might recommend as first steps for people? Well, Like I just had, I was just talking to a young girl who her dad is very toxic. And the first thing I told her was you have to create space between you and your dad. Like you don't have to say, this is what I told you. You don't have to say, Hey dad, I'm not talking to you anymore. Right. Because then that's going to create a drama. You just let the phone calls go or whatever. Just the more space that you can create between you and this person, that's actually your first step in healing is creating that space because then that lets you like not worry about what they're doing and be with yourself and then be with your thoughts. So space, space is the first creation of healing. It's the first step in, in uh, healing is creating that space. And that's why, like for me, that was leaving the state of Florida <laughs> to move here to North Carolina. I wanted to create a lot of space. <laughs> mm-hmm. Space. Space. Yeah. It's so good to be alone with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so good for you to choose that because then you'll see all the stuff that comes up, the guilt, the pressure, the make wrong when they're telling you, oh, why aren't you calling me back or whatever. You start to see it. And that's what I think you want as well from what you're saying is the space allows you to be able to see, ha, that's what's going on there. That's sort of where I'm getting hooked in and you'll start to see more and more of that sort of stuff. But also on the energetic level, getting your energies, space from your energies is really good because then you can get your energy field sort of back to yourself versus it being this entangled sort of mesh. Right. Because that's what narcissists do. They have this toxic like energy around them and they they suck you in, whether it's your daughter or your girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever, they suck you in. So creating that space leaves you out of that energetic, that toxic energy field around them where you can like decide for yourself, are you crazy or were you being lied to? Were you being, was he gaslighting you? And start to mow through all of that 
for yourself. And then also like, there's so many resources out there. So many resources that people can look up YouTube, Google, people like us. There's, I mean, it's topic. It's a hot topic. (laughs) It is. And there's so much more information out there about it than ever before. Oh, more than ever before. Because if you would have asked Mm -hmm. me personally a few years ago, well, now it's been more than a few. It's probably been seven. If you would have asked me, are you in toxic relationships? I would just say, I just pick really bad people. Right. And as I really started looking at the narcissist codependent entanglement, I realized that I was functioning as a codependent. And I went, no, how could I be a codependent or how can I be functioning that way? Because I'm empowered. I'm a strong woman. I'm independent. But if you looked at how I was being in relationships, I was being taken advantage of. I was placating things. I was allowing certain things to be okay with me. And it was all based on, it traced it all back to my childhood and how that was. And I didn't even have a super crazy abusive childhood. There was just certain things that happened that set a particular tone that allowed me to very easily step into these relationships. But one of the things that is so helpful is working with somebody like you who's been through it, who see can look at you and help you work through what's what, what's the truth, what's really going on with you, what's your awareness, what's the gaslighting, and all that kind of stuff when you're ready to actually move through it so that you can actually get to the other side powerfully, not spend 10 years trying to heal yourself, right? Exactly. And there's stories like that. I had a client who was in therapy for 10 years. (laughs) Well, and there's... Nip it in the butt. You nip it in the butt. Well, and you have a process that you work with people to sort of uncover that next step for them to move them through the healing process because there is a healing process, but it doesn't have to take 10 years. And it's also... I, th- I find not helpful if you're in something like just talk therapy where you're just rehashing being a victim to this circumstance and you're not really getting into what was the cause, what made you susceptible to it, and then how to actually move through so you're at the other side. And exactly what you were saying before is empowered, choosing really good people that match your values, that make you happy, and that aren't just going to take advantage of you. Exactly. Can you tell us a little bit about your you know, how you work with people? So I work with them in groups and in private, and I help women now uh, move through the process of divorce, how to win at divorcing a narcissist, because that is crazy. I hear horror stories all the time. So I help them plan a a safe exit because leaving number one, that's important, how they can, especially if they have children, It was, for me, I don't feel like it was that complicated to leave once I decided because my kids were older. But when women have younger children, that's a little more complication. So plan a safe exit, even shop for a divorce attorney. And like, let's be real, the narcissist is going to hire a narcissistic attorney. So it's important for Mm -hmm. like my clients to shop for a specific type of attorney who specializes in high conflict divorces. And then win in court. I've heard so many horror stories that they go to court and the narcissist, the manipulation and the control, it only worsens one party in the marriage says, I want to leave you because then they're losing control. They feel like they're losing control. So then they like, and I tell people like, if you go into court vulnerable, meaning you haven't 
address your emotions and you're raw, you have raw emotions, you're still easily triggered by him or her or whatever, you are prey and they're going to freaking pounce on you, all of them. Not to mention the whole thing about the courts. So, so I help them walk through all of that so that they can win at divorcing a narcissist, come out with getting everything that they asked for, and then move on, move on when they're ready to get into another relationship. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the moving on, the healing, the being themselves, figuring out who they are yeah. in their life as beyond all of this and letting it all settle down and really finding the joy in life too, I think is part of how all that works in your facilitation as well. So divorcing a narcissist and winning, man, when you're coming out of those relationships and you're at the point of considering divorce or at the point of doing that, there's just, I think, so much emotion and like it's all up in the in your face and you're seeing so much of it so much more clearly. But at the same time, your ability to choose, like if you were to just jump into another relationship, I would say 99% of the time, somebody would jump in with the same kind of partner, just like what you said, right? Totally. And then I think what you said is so brilliant of like, you're going to choose somebody that's not likely you're going to choose somebody as a, you're going to choose an attorney that doesn't have your back because you're not familiar enough with that energy. Mm-hmm. You're not familiar enough with how people who have your back and who really stand for you function. So what you're offering is so valuable for people to start getting on the right side of themselves and start picking people that to support them in their lives, not just relationships that are like, this is what the clean energy looks like. This is, this is actually what that looks like. And you do such a great job in showing people that. Yeah. I love doing it. I love the results that they get. I love when they give me testimonies and tell me this and that. And I'm just like, yes, yes. And more awareness, more. That's why I share so much of that because I want other people to see like, if I did it, if this person do it, so can you, like, it's not impossible. Don't think like, because you've been controlled and manipulated for so long that just forget it. It's just not going to happen. Right. I want them to see like, no, you can do it too. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I know so many people who have left relationships, 20 year marriages, and they just leave everything because it's just not worth the fight Mm -hmm. because they don't actually know how to stand in their own power. And sometimes it's totally worth it. It's like, let me have this clean break. I don't want to fight with this person. And then for other people, it would be really beneficial if they got half of everything that they actually deserve right, and are owed right, in the relationship so they don't have to fully start their life over. They just need to stand in their power right, and um, step into that. So yeah. Yeah. So I just love what you're offering and how you help people um, through all of this. And because you have the experience (laughs) of going through all of this and really fully being on the other side for 10 years now, you just have so much awareness to offer people going through this. So if you feel called to connect with Denise, all of her information is below. And Denise, will you tell everybody your website? Yes, it is trueloveaftertoxiclove.com. Fantastic. So trueloveaftertoxiclove.com. And if you have any friends that might really benefit from this message, please share this podcast with them. Hopefully they get even more awareness about how to move through all of this because 
one of the things like in consciousness that I feel like is going on big time right now is just people are awakening to their own power. They're awakening to the lies and they're Mm -hmm. not like, we're just not okay with it anymore. We're like, I just can't do that anymore. And so there's this natural awakening from matrix, from relationships, from organizations, from all sorts of stuff, even from the own lies we tell ourselves. It's like the blindfolds are coming off like crazy. Mm -hmm. So there's this natural evolution that's happening as a collective and to move through it with more ease, you've got to have somebody on your team. Oh yeah. Yes. You have to have that emotional support. You have to have somebody who, yeah, who's there, your soft place to land, to go to. I say to either hold your hand or kick your ass. (laughs) One of the two. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes our mind is, is telling us things because we've told ourselves that so many times and we get that little doubt in there and then we have the guilt in there and then that cycles around and that becomes more important than the freedom. Right. Because maybe we haven't experienced the freedom for a long time. So we're like, okay, like, is that really possible? Can I really get beyond, you know, the doubt and really step into it Mm -hmm. like you've been talking about? So yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today, Denise. I loved having you on. So Feel free to connect with Denise if you feel called or pass this along. All right. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bring Your Dreams Alive. Now, if you're someone who would like to turn your desires into reality, to know how to create anything at any time, to have energetic self-mastery, to tap into your 5D consciousness and bring those dreams alive, check out my latest webinar where I share all the secrets on how to shift your mindset and your consciousness so that you can confidently bring your dreams alive, even if you've been feeling stuck or blocked. Check it out today at meetcoreymichelle.com forward slash webinar.